Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. of who was worthy enough to open the scrolls, hallelujah. He looked around, looked around, no one was worthy enough. But he found the Lamb of God, which was worthy to open the scrolls, amen. This morning, we want to say that God, that you are worthy of all the praise, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Beautiful. 
One more time unto the Lord. Amen. He is worthy our praise. Shall we please pray over the offerings? Father, of which purpose we've given this seed, may you bless this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's time for the word. Amen. Shall we welcome the Shekinah glory upstage? All the examples, both good and bad. <laughs> and uh, I always listen to the messages and I'm like, Reverend just calls my name for everything. But there was a prophecy, amen. Very random prophecy. And you know, I, I usually sit and I usually hear many prophecies and it doesn't come through in my life. So I always used to ask God that, Father, why is it that I have been around for a while? Always prophecies are being released, and I never see them practically. So this particular prophecy, very random, I was seated here. I remember I took my phone and I wrote it down, and I would love um, Arbeta Kofi to play. It's very short, so please, I'm not taking your time. I want you to hear the prophecy. Amen. I shared the verse at the, uh, at the open. As for open heavens, you don't come. I don't know why you don't come. Meanwhile, I don't know why you don't come for open heavens, because they are fantastic. I said they are fantastic. You see, the Bible said that the Bible said there's a vein for silver. You see, there's a vein, a vein for silver. In other words, silver. Uh, in other words, silver runs in a particular way. What is it? You see a vein. There's some things run in a particular direction. So for you to receive that benefit, you must connect to it. That is why. So why should when they go to the uh, uh, hospital and you are drawing blood, so you get a bad phlebotomist, you poke, 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 no blood. See, the, the fact that the person is poking me that the blood will come, you must hit a vein. And when it comes to the anointing, when it comes to silver, I must say there's a vein for it. And I tell you, this is the vein. Stay connected. Tell anybody, stay connected. Stay connected. Somebody will give you a card that you didn't pay for. Yes. Guys, I was seated right here. 
the job I do, I cannot buy a car, trust me. <laughs> I am a student still in school. I don't work a job that I can buy a car. But this prophecy came while I was seated here and I wrote it down. And God being so good, three months after, somebody bought me a car and said, I am buying you a car for free. You don't have a penny, but use it for the work of God. This is why I came. I wanted to share this testimony for you to believe that, and, and, and I want to emphasize on how random it was. You realize that he was talking about something very different, anointing, a vein for money, whatever, and then all of a sudden, someone will buy you a car you didn't pay for. And I was right there. This is my first practical, random testimony that I have seen in my life, practically right now. So if you are here, you have been coming to church. Random testimonies are flowing every Sunday. I want you to believe. The Holy Spirit told me to go back to this message and listen. That's how come I remembered that this is a testimony. So I want you to believe somebody if you are here, and I believe God will do it for you also. Amen. Wow. I said, wow. I said, wow. I said, wow. You are about to receive a practical testimony yourself. Hallelujah. Let's welcome Reverend Upstage. Rise to your feet. Hallelujah. Ever true. Go ahead. Changing me and changing you. Hallelujah. Amen. Especially a prophecy that sort of resonates with your spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. And sometimes the, the man of God will be speaking, but just one word. It just clicks with you. Believe in that prophecy and run with it. Amen. I mean, I bet whose paycheck cannot buy him a car. But we don't live by our paycheck. The just shall live by faith. Amen. I said, the just shall live by faith. Amen. I said, the just shall live by faith. Amen. 
That's why you have to believe in prophecy. You have to believe in confessions. This morning, the prophet was preaching. I, I was in a hurry, but I had, you know, when I say the prophet, I mean Bishop Dag, the prophet. I, I'm, not thinking of any, I'm not talking of any other person. Hallelujah. This morning, he was preaching, and he quoted a verse that caught with me, you know. I think it's in Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42, verse 22. Keep standing. You haven't seen me for a long time, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. yeah. It's, this was a special quote. You see, but this is a poor robbed and poor. They are all of them snared in holes. Wow. And they are hid in prison houses. Very bad condition. They are for a prey and none delivered for a spoil. See, this is very bad condition. A people robbed, spoiled, snared in a hole, in prison. Things are not good. Things are looking bad. It's a very bad condition. But he said something that caught my spirit for a spoil. And none sayeth restore. And none sayeth restore. Your condition is bad. Things are difficult. You are in a difficult situation. And you are refusing to make a confession. So what do you, what you say? Learn to use your confessions and your faith. And not say it, restore. Everybody has accepted the condition. And they're all going down. But you need to shout, Lord, restore. restore. Somebody say, restore. restore. Say, restore. restore. Say, restore. restore. Say, not say it, restore. They have accepted it. But you must be able to, when things are not good, you must be able to shout, Lord, restore. May God restore. Amen. Somebody's in the tight corner. Shout, restore. And none say it restore. Say it. That's why the Bible said, that's why the Bible said that let the weak. Let the, the one who is weak. Don't complain about your weakness. Don't give reasons for your weakness. Don't accept your weakness. But rather let the weak say what? Let the weak say I'm what? Let the weak say what? Yes. You have to believe in prophecies. You have to. That is why he was telling us this morning, when you hear a good word or prophecy, don't say, oh, wow, what a word. Say amen. Catch it for yourself. Amen. I say, catch it for yourself. Amen. Don't say, wow, nice teaching. It's not nice teaching. Amen. Shout what? Amen. Yeah, catch it for yourself. Amen. That just shall live by faith. Amen. Somebody shall restore. Restore. Things are going, but look at them in spirit. Restore. Lord, he said, and none say yet restore. Because God was expecting them to say restore. Say something about it. Change the situation. And it can change. Let me tell you something. It can change. If only you have faith. And you can shout, restore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put your hand together for the Lord and be seated. Hallelujah. And none say it restore. We, we, we get used to the hard conditions and accept it. But I tell you, you have to learn to live by faith. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Our memory verse for today is very simple. It's one of the easiest books. John, 
One of the easiest verse 17, another verse 17. As for 17, 17, I don't know why you should forget. One, it is John. Two, it is 17. Three, it is 17. So John 17, 17. And it's sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen. Are you there? One, two, go. So, next week I'll ask you again whether you remember. I'll ask randomly. Now the anointing operates randomly. So I'll ask you randomly. John 17, 17. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, um, I have been traveling. Going to places. Working for God. All my recent travels are church related. I didn't go for any medical conference. It was all church related. I did not go on vacation. I did not go to Cancun. I didn't go and watch the Blue Sea. It is all church related. Hallelujah. And um, I have come to believe in the saying that travel and see. Travel and see. Ah, sometimes the reason why you are crying, you are whining, you are complaining, you think that your, your situation is the worst, is because you have not traveled. If you travel, you will see how blessed you are. Yeah. But I'm not traveled. Hallelujah. If you, if you travel, you give glory for your condition. The reason for your complaint is you have not traveled. So that's why they say travel and see. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. And it's also important to travel. Sometimes the reason why you feel so big is because you have not traveled. You, you feel that you feel so big. It's because you have not traveled. Because if you travel, you see that people are doing wild, wild things. People are doing wild, wild... I, I'm talking about ministry work. I'm not talking about business. Because I, didn't go, I didn't go on a business trip. Can see that people are doing wild, wild ministry. You can see that little small guests are commanding 200 member church. So, please, don't feel too big. Hallelujah. Yeah. Travel and see. But, you know, one thing that I observed, okay, one thing that I observed that I want you to help, I want to help you to correct it. Okay? Correct it. Because it will help you. Because I, I'm talking about observation. Observation. One thing that I observed was that, look, as you travel, you see that there's a blessing in serving God. Yes. Yes. You will believe in Malachi 3. And now return. And see that there's a difference between the, 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 those who serve God and those who serve him not. I saw it clearly as I traveled. I could see clearly that, look, people, when I say serve God, I don't mean come to church on Sunday and go back. No, no, no. That is, that is pure warming. That is pure. I'm not talking about pure warmers. One thing that I noticed, Brother Cyrus, was that, look, I can see that as I go and come, the people who were actively in church serving God, somehow have been shut up in their life. And I, also, and I also saw people who have been around for a long time, 
but haven't done anything. In fact, nowadays, one of the conditions I hate is to be around for a long time and, no, and don't do nothing. It's like you don't, they don't do well. Yes, we like to see your face. You are faithful. You are loyal. But you have never been committed to doing anything for God. And rather, you see that people who came after you and held on to their work have shot forward. When I say shot forward, I'm sure they are shot forward spiritually, financially, socially. People are moving on because they came and served God. You have been around, always skeptical, not wanting to do much. So your only credential is longevity. Please, do something for God. I'm talking about what I have seen. Hallelujah. I said that even people came later. And they have joined ministries. They are singing. They are acting. They are film starring. They are witnessing. But they have found something to do in the house of God. And somehow, that blessing has come upon their life. So what, now, one of the conditions that I don't want to be in, and I don't also want anybody to be, is to be around for a long time and do nothing. It's dangerous. You don't do well. I mean, I'm not going to say you don't do well. It's relative. You can see that people who have come, who just believe the look, I'm here to serve God. I find myself either singing in the choir, doing outreach, arranging, marriage counseling, uh, baby shower, anything in the house of God. It's, they shoot forward. From their heart. And I've seen the old members, and, and I saw it clearly this time in London, because our church started in London. So I could see some of the old members who are around for a long time but haven't done anything. They are the same. So I don't want that condition to happen to you. I'm serious. Don't let that condition happen to you. Do something for God. Yeah. Yeah. There is a blessing. I, I preached about it this morning. I'm not going to talk about it, but listen to that message and I'll continue. It works by blessing. It works by blessing. When the blessing is put upon you, nothing can keep you down. Hallelujah. Amen. So do some labor for a blessing. That's what I talk about this morning. And God will continue. Labor for a blessing. So now that now I don't want to pride myself in being an old member. No. I want to pride myself as somebody who's working for God. Because I've seen that that's what makes the difference. It's good to be around for a long time. It's respectable. But don't be around for a long time just warming pews. Yeah. People have come after you and have become reverends. Lady reverends. And their life is their life is cruising. In spite of all the challenges and the obstacles, God is blessing them. And I saw that more in London, not even in South Africa or Ghana, in London. Because we started our church in London before we came to the U.S. And some of the old members who have been faithful still come, still at the same level. But people who came and took on the ministry, serving God. I'm not, they are not, I'm not talking about full-time pastors. They didn't become full-time pastors. They work like you. They go to the bank. They work to the hospital. They are nurses. They are lawyers. They are engineers. But they took an aspect of the ministry, whether I'm the treasurer, whether I'm the secretary, whether I'm a singer, whether I do drama, something about God, whether I do witness. And somehow... So that's my little family message. Do something for God. Serve the Lord. He said, and you shall return. I was like Malachi. He said, you shall return. Maybe show them that scripture. 
and see. Malachi 3. There's a difference between him that serve him, the Lord, and him that serve him not. So maybe that's what I saw. Because I returned to London. And I saw. I returned to London and I saw that there was a difference. I'm not lying. I'm telling you what I saw. Hallelujah. So please. Then shall you, so maybe I return. That's what happened. Then shall you return and descend between the righteous and the wicked. Between him that served God and him that served not. Between him that served God. I could see the difference. There was a difference. You see, and let me tell you something. Sometimes the difference is not even financial difference, though, but just happiness in life. Sometimes, sometimes the difference is the lack of frustration. You think people are frustrated in America? Go to London. Oh. You think people are frustrated in New York? You think people are frustrated in New York? Go to London. Brexit. Now they don't want that to Brexit or Brexit in. They are confused. Now they want to revolt. That's how bad it is. The whole country is confused. Should we go out? Should we come in? Yeah. So, so the frustration level is high. Yeah. But as you see those who serve God, you can see that in the midst of the storm, God has protected them. God has provided for them. They are actually building houses. You shall return. So don't pride yourself in being a long QFC member. Pride yourself in the fact that I built a ministry. I did something. I served God. I opened my house for the choir. That's why God will bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. So now one is not interested in old members who... Uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm telling you. I'm interested in people who are serving God. Hallelujah. That's where the blessing is. That's where the blessing is. Don't pride yourself in being around for a long time. Pride yourself in what you are doing for God. That's where the blessing is. Hallelujah. The church is quiet. It's like I'm, like I'm saying something strange. But I traveled and I'm bringing my greetings abroad. Do you want me to tell you a, a lie? This is greetings from London. This is greetings from London. You see, when you travel, one of the signs of wisdom you must observe. Solomon said, I went by the field. I went by the field of the sluggard. And I looked and I beheld a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. So So it means that as I saw the condition of the field, I made deductions. Wisdom is to make deductions out of things you see. And as I went to London, I saw that I looked and I observed. And I saw that it looks like the ones who put their hand to the plow, their life had gone forward. Their frustration level is less. They have pros- prospered more. But the ones who were around and always skeptical about doing God's work, who always think that church was a waste of time. Yes, still they will come. If it's a waste of time, why do you keep on coming? I'm, pre- I'm talking from my heart. If you think it's a waste of time, find something useful to do with your time. 
You are around, but everything in the church is a waste of your time. So they are around, but they have not prospered. Let me tell you something. Shake your neighbor. Say, go all out. You can't even shake your neighbor. Say, say, say go all out. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Find something to do for God. And God will bless you. God, I preached a message this morning. Listen to it. I'll continue next week. That thing is a blessing. It's like it's put on you. Either you have it or you don't have it. And when the blessing is on you, no man can put you down. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that's my greetings from London. I said, that's my greetings from London. So, I left my wife behind. She's still in London. She's not touring. She's not within. She's preaching today in London. Okay? Yep. She's not shopping in London. She's doing the work. I prefer she works for God and carry my credit card in London. <laughs> when, when so, we're actually, we're coming on different flights. Then, initially, she was going to stay in London just to visit and do one or two shopping. Then I got a call from one of the sisters. Can Lady Pastor come and preach in our church on Sunday? We have a lot of meetings for her. I say, blessed are that. Call it, take it, take it, take it. Because <laughs> by the time they will finish preaching, time, uh, fellowship, time, the day has ended, and she's coming back. My card is intact. <laughs> My credit card will be intact. <laughs> It cannot show by the effort. Don't call her. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I tell you, it's wisdom. God will bless you. Hey. There's a blessing in everything. Hallelujah. It's powerful wisdom. That will finish. You know how lighthouses, when you finish preaching, they will take you to go and visit this person. PFI. By the time you write it to be sunset, the shops are closed. My credit card is intact. <laughs> Don't tell her she won't. Hallelujah. Build your house on a rock. That's the song they sang. Matthew chapter 7. I'm preaching for how to preach. I'm preaching how to preach salvation. Matthew 7 24. I love the book. Too much. Matthew 7 24. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. Go. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. 26. And everyone that hears the sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew 
and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. This is what Jesus said. He said, anyone who hears my, my way and do with them. Build your house on a rock. The first thing, you know, Jesus is saying that your life is like a building. Build your life on a rock. Hallelujah. In fact, build your house on a rock, on a sun, on a rock, on a sun, on a rock. You can either build your house on a rock or you can build your house on a sun. Hallelujah. He says, the one who hears my word and doeth it. He's like somebody who built his house on a rock. But the one who hears and doeth it not. Hallelujah. It's a short message. When you hear the word of God, do it. The difference is not the hearing of the word. The difference is what? I said the difference is not the hearing, but the difference is what? Is the doing. That makes the difference. Hallelujah. Just do the work of God. Most of us have had enough. But what will make the difference in your life is do you do what you hear? Hallelujah. You know a lot of verses. You know a lot of stories. You know a lot. As soon as we start, you know what is going to go. But do you do it? That's it. Jesus is... And mind you, listen to me. These are the words of Jesus. Like we keep on saying. If you have a, if you have a good Bible, this particular parable is in red. These are the words of Jesus. These are not the words of Apostle Paul. These are not the words of Peter. They all try to explain Jesus. This is the words of the master himself. He says the blessing is not in the hearing, but in the doing. Or it is the doing that separates the wise and the foolish. Hallelujah. Don't just hear. Do it. Amen. In fact, he begins the story by saying that first thing, the first thing we learn is that they all build. Right? So, so, so it's even not the material. It didn't even talk about one use a shoddy material and one use good quality material. There's nothing about that. They probably use the same material. It didn't even say that one use inferior material and one use good quality material. No. They all probably use the same material. Hallelujah. So it's not even the material used. They all use the same material. The difference in the building was not the material used, but the location. Where they built. I hear me. The difference is not in material used, but where it the location. Is somebody hearing me? That is why even even to bring it into modern times. That is why they say real estate is location, location, location. That's real estate. Anybody who is into real estate will tell you that the value of a real estate is what? Oh, you don't know real estate. 
I said, the value of real estate is what? All the realtors will tell you, what makes a building valuable? It's not the roof. It's not the carpet. It's, not the, it's actually the location. Because the same two-bedroom apartment put on 42nd, put on, 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 uh, on Park Avenue, it's not the same as the same two-bedroom put in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It will be, you understand know what I'm saying? The materials will be the same. Same carpet, HVAC, central air conditioner, uh, paint with the same, same, same. But the location determines the value. So one year on Park Avenue will cost maybe 1.2 million. If you carry the same thing and put it in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Maybe 200,000 you struggle to sell. I hear me. So real estate is location, location, location. So the difference in, in this parable is not the material used by where they built. One built on a sandy location, one built on a rocky location. That is why when you're going to buy a house, pray that you buy it at the right location. I see somebody buying a house at the right location. I see, I see somebody buying a house at the right location. You see, one of the things about buying a house at the right location is you, you buy it while the area is no good. And then when you move, the area improves. Yeah. Actually, let's pray for that blessing. You move it once the area is not high. And then it jumps up. I suppose you can move it when the area is high and it will go down. That will not be your story. Because I was in London. My friend that I visited in London, when he moved into the neighborhood 16 years ago, people have now started moving into the area and buying property. So it was one of the first people to move there. And when he moved there, now the area has developed. Oh, man. He was telling me, when he looks at the value of the house, he begins to jump. <laughs> he can see that, Hey! Well, 15 years ago, you see, 15 years ago, when he moved there, his wife, you have taken us to a bush. Why is this? So? We are living in a bush. Be careful not to listen to women too much. His place is too far. You are too much in a bush. All our friends are in London and you have brought us to this far place. It's all bush around us. Today, The schools are better. I'm preaching. The houses have increased in value. I mean, if he sells the house now, oh, I won't tell you the figure. See me after church. So that's a blessing. He chose a location that had gone up. But you can also buy a house in a location that will go down. Because real estate is location, location, location. May God lead you to a good place. May your area increase in value. You see, that means you buy it low and it increases. Let that be your story. Look, the biggest thing you ever buy in your house, your, your life is a house. I can tell you that. The biggest ticket item you ever buy in your life is a house. That is why if you don't, that is why when you solve that problem, you are wealthy. 
When I say solve that problem, I mean a house without a mortgage. If you have a mortgage, I've not solved that problem. <laughs> it's still the same. If you can solve your real estate problem, you are wealthy. I mean, I can tell you that you are wealthy. That's the biggest thing you can ever... You, please, when, when we preach this, receive it well. Oh. Believe that one day you will solve your housing problem. Believe it. I say believe it. Pray towards it that God, you will solve that problem. And, and to solve that problem is not by mortgage. Hello, it's not. Mortgage is not a solution at all. Preaching. Believe it. Look, it's the biggest thing. You look at all your bills. Which is the biggest bill? One, it is the biggest bill. And two, it is the one that you cannot do without. Why, why are you going to stay? Are you going to live in the streets? <laughs> you, can, you can decide that I won't watch TV. You can, cut, you can cut your cable. Even your phone, push come to shop, you can cut it. But to sleep somewhere? Even a light bill, you can cut it. But no, no food. No, no. Shelter. Hallelujah. Oh, it's, it's the greatest investment. So when you can solve that problem, number one, may you solve that problem. Yeah. And then number two, earn from it. That's another level. You own your house and you have one that is rented. Because people will always need a place to stay. I prophesy that to you. I say I prophesy that to you. I said, I promised that to you. That is what Bishop called pajamas money. You are making money in your pajamas. Pajamas. You don't have to get out. You wake up in the morning, you're in your pajamas, and you are checking your phone. Chen, 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 chen. May that be your sorrow. <laughs> it's called pajamas money. Money that you make from your pajamas. You like that, Natasha, right? Yeah. Ding. Scott pajama money. Hallelujah. Yeah. So it's location. And Jesus said, Your house, you see, build your house on a rock. Hallelujah. And the rock, the rock here is Christ. Without Christ, don't build your house, your life outside Christ. Your life is the house. The rock is Christ. Let me tell you something. Life without Christ is a losing game. Very, very difficult. Hallelujah. Don't try to live your life without Christ. Hallelujah. Yeah. Build a house. Amen. The next thing he says without, of course, which is the next point. Beware of things that are done quickly. Okay. Be very beware of things that are done quickly. Hallelujah. Because, like I said, I think I've said this message to you. It is easier to build in the sun than to build in a rock. To build in the sun, you just whoop, whoop, the foundation is done. But to build in a rock, you have to crack. Hallelujah. You have to break stones. Hallelujah. So, be wary. Let us all be wary of rapid things 
that have no value. I'm saying one more time. Don't be, don't, you see, in other words, tell your neighbor, don't be in a hurry to impress people. When I say, tell them, but please tell the person. Say, don't be in a hurry to impress people. Show, show. show. I said, show, show. show. I said, show, show. show. Yeah, it's all show, show. You are driving a new car. You are driving this. It's, it's so, so borrowed. When people see your car, wow. They are saying, wow, but inside you... <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. Take your time. I said take your time. Real success and prosperity takes time. Hallelujah. Build on a solid rock. In fact, it has been shown that even people who get rich quickly, most of them cannot sustain their wealth. That's why those who win the lottery, a lot of them end up being broke. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. So take your time. Don't be in a hurry to impress. Okay? Don't be in a hurry to impress. There's a, this scripture, that is very interesting. Uh, Proverbs 28, 22. Proverbs 28, 22. Look at that scripture. Yeah. 28, 22. There you go. He that hasted to be rich. <laughs> okay? He that hasted to be rich has an evil eye. And considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. Yeah. You haste to be rich. You have an evil eye. You want to be rich overnight. Look. Like Bishop Tatas. Everything starts from the bottom. And grows. Okay. The only job that starts from the top and goes down is grave digging. <laughs> grave digging. Yeah, that's the only job that starts from and go down. <laughs> Everything starts and build it. Huh. Hallelujah. So, that is why be, don't be hasty. Don't be in a rush to impress people. Never be in a rush to impress people. Yeah. Because real riches. That is why it is good to go to school. Because real money comes from school. And real school takes a long time to go. A good course. Let me tell you something. Real money comes from good education. That is why you don't think that you can go to school for two years and earn the same money like somebody, um, and earn the same paycheck with somebody who went to school for ten years. They don't do it that way. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So take your time. Don't rush. Be, see, be, be, be wary of rapid things. Is somebody hearing me? That is, why it is, that is why it is more crucial to be in a hurry to marry. 
<laughs> Don't be in a hurry to marry somebody at all. Never. You met a person this week, next week you are married. <laughs> Take your time. Take your time. Never be in a hurry to marry anybody at all. I'm preaching. Oh, Rev. You know, we're in love. Please take your time. Take your time to study the person. How does the person behave in the winter? How does he behave in the summer? How, what is his mood in the spring? What is his mood in the fall? You, you have to look at the person in all seasons because you are going to get into a relationship which is, which is uh, prone to, if you are talking about one thing, one house, one house that is prone to a lot of storms is the heart of marriage. You didn't hear what I said. If you are talking about one thing, that is, will, will, or if you are talking about one thing that will experience a lot of storms, is marriage. Marriage. Oh man! Yeah, if you want storms of life, marry. Marriage. If you are talking about things that will shake you, marry. Until now, you thought, oh, you are forgiven, uh, you are free, you are easy going. Marry and see. Why don't you continue to be forgiven? <laughs> it's a wahoo. I say it's a wahoo. Yeah, you marry and see. You think that, oh, you had a nice guy who doesn't bear grudges. You forgive easily. You are nice to women. Marry one and see. <laughs> Storms! Yes! It was Archbishop Duncan who told, who told one guy who was preaching powerfully. A young man preaching powerfully. I can have my prophecy anointing. And people would say that, man, this young man is anointed. Say, Come here, brother. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, Come here, brother. That's the guy. Look at the guy's finger. He said, Are you married? There was no ring. Say so you're not married, right? Say, so, okay, all right. When you marry and you can preach like this, then I know you are anointed. <laughs> As of now, I will call you anointed. <laughs> As of now, everybody thinks you are anointed, but I, so far as I'm concerned, you are not. If you can do the same thing after marriage, then you call. <laughs> yeah. So, because... It has a lot of storms in it. That's why you have to take your time. Take your time. Analysis. Background information and foreground information. No, don't make, look, as for marriage, please. Anything you can rush to, one thing I'll tell you, and I speak by prophecy not to rush to, is marriage. Never, never, never. I beg you. Beg you. Never. No, 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 no. Marriage? No, 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 no. Please. Please. That trouble can bring you. What do you say? That is, that is, thank you very much. That one, the storm is Calgary 5. <laughs> Hurricane. Thank you, for, thank you for that description. Everything else is Calgary 1 or 2. If you want Calgary 5 hurricane, that's marriage. <laughs> I like that one. Put your hands together for Natasha. Yes. That's a category five. It can rock you. 
So if it's not on a solid storm, your roof will blow off. Very easily. So take your time. Never be in a hurry. Never be in a hurry at all. Take your time. Amen. Because it will by all means experience storms. And for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. That is one thing that it was not. In, and the storm comes in category, category five. Four and five hurricanes. Yeah. Person keeps on irritating you, look, and keeps on irritating you. That's five and above. Yeah. It's a real tsunami. So take your time. It's a very good thing, but take your time. That's why sometimes, sometimes I find it so. People come, oh, is it, we used to do that, but I don't do that anymore. You know what people used to tell us when we were young pastors looking for members? Oh, Red, uh, my beloved just came from Ghana. He just came from Accra. And uh, I'm here, and I don't want to fornicate. So please, uh, he's coming from the uh, airport. When, you, when I pick up from JFK, can you bless our wedding? Oh, I'm not joking. I have, uh, people have asked me to do this. I'm not joking at all. Yes! That, oh, my beloved, my beloved is coming from Accra. And I, I'm a Christian. I don't want to fornicate. So, Reverend, I'm picking up from JFK. So, when you pick up, can you bring it to the office so you can bless it? Then they put pressure on you. And, and, and because you're a pastor, you don't want to fornicate or you don't want to lose them. Then you, you are forced to bless. Oh, yeah, look, I, I've done it once or twice. But nowadays, I tell you, brother, even though you are picking her from wherever she's coming from, find a partner for somewhere and just zip it up. And let's go through the counseling. We'll go through the counseling. Don't put pressure on me. People put pressure on us to marry, for us to officiate their weddings. We are telling, thank you, we are telling you that look, Take your time and do the marriage school at least six months. You are telling me that, oh, because your husband, yeah, your beloved is traveling, he's going on a course. Let's, Reverend, can you do it in three months? Hey, one thing you should never force the pastor to do a drive-through is marriage. Don't do a drive, don't let me do a drive-through marriage. I'm preaching. And sometimes they want us to do a drive-through marriage. We say that, look, it takes six months, at least six months. To know minimum, to know somebody in detail. Even that one cry, you won't know in full. Even those who have died for six months, they still, there are some hidden parts. And you want us to do your sin. Sometimes two months. No. Not at all. Take your time. I say, take your time. Amen. I say, take your time. Amen. Don't ever run, because the storms are wild. Hallelujah. Bishop Saki was telling us a story. He was officiating a wedding. He was telling us, and as he was officiating a wedding, the bride, you know, the bride and the groom, as he was officiating a wedding, the bride keeps looking backwards. I mean, you are standing there at the altar. Uh, do you take this husband to be your wife? Do you, yes. Uh, say this after me. Um, to the bridegroom, uh, brother John, with all my heart, 
And then I went, I take, I take it to my... <laughs> so he was... Why does this girl... Keep looking back. Not knowing that the guy he was married was somebody's husband. So... <laughs> It's not, a, it's not, a, it's a true story. Yeah. A true story. So she wants the thing to be done quickly, so she keeps on looking back. Bishop, hurry up. Look, another guy, when we started the church. Okay, all my stories are true. In Kolegono. In Kolegono, another guy. He was married. But then he came to our church in Kolegono. But he did not come with his wife. He came alone and joined the church. Then after a while, she found a sister in the church that he wanted to marry. So, and nobody knew he was married. Nobody. Look, all the stories are true. Even in New York, it, it happened to us. We officiated somebody's wedding. The mother called from Apostle Joe. Do you know that the guy you are... <laughs> 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 this, I'm, let me talk about the colleague one. one. So the, the, the guy, nobody knew he was married. Not knowing that he was married with two children. <laughs> Family man. Married with two. <laughs> and was sitting there. Going through the marriage. And printed wedding invitation cards. <laughs> Serious story. And can you believe that when his wife saw the foolishly, his wife saw the card at home and asked her, what are these cards? He said, oh, he is the best man for it. He said, I can't believe that I met a guy in the church who has my name as mine. And because he has the same name as mine, he wants me to be his best man. <laughs> So he told the wife that he's the best man for someone who has the same name. So they are friends. So on the day of the wedding, I think somebody told the wife that look, you better go to that church and fuck. So on the day of the wedding, the wife showed up. God has won his tuxedo. Be careful. As for what happened later on, you can tell the rest of the story. This is your story. Same thing happened to did that we did. Somebody called Apostle Joel. Do you know that the boy you are marrying has a wife? Hey. Why the boy came to church quietly? So as for marriage, take your time. Because people are not people. <laughs> <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> I say, take your time. I say, take your time. Let's do the real research properly. Yeah. Hallelujah. Because there are storms. People are not people at all. There are storms. There are storms in marriage. That's why the person who is smiling like that, you have no know how she will be. So take your time. Hallelujah. Yeah. Buying a house. 
No, you see, if you, just back to real estate. Even real estate. Try and buy a house in the winter. Or yeah, in the winter or, the, or when it's raining a lot. Don't buy a house in the summer. You can be deceived. No, 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 no. You may buy something nice in the summer. It is, it is leaking like something. If you really want to buy something, take, go and look at the place in the winter. On the rainy se- or in the rainy season. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, <coughs> build your house on a rock. Amen. It means don't be, don't be in a hurry. Hallelujah. Yep, don't be in a hurry. Beware, be, beware of easy things. Amen. To build, and I said, you see, to build your house on a rock is to build your life on Christ. Hallelujah. Because listen to me. The scripture says that and when the storm came, not if. It's, it's when. It's only a matter of time. The question is when, not if. And let me tell you something. There's one storm that comes to everybody. You know, can I, can I give you a good advice? Just to say good advice. You see, any Anytime you are doing something, or if you are wise, anytime you are doing something, do it with the possibility that a storm is coming. Hallelujah. I don't know whether, yes, but what I say that don't do things with the mind that, oh, uh, you see, you, 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 you are a wise person if you do it in such a way that there's a possibility of a storm. So that you do it storm-proof. Different from somebody who does with the matter, I have faith, I don't believe in any storm. No, don't do that way. Do you understand? Cautious, yes. Rather do it, man, look. Let me do this in such a way that when the storm comes, it will stand. Not that let me do it in such a way that I'm, I'm, I, I am trusting there will be no storm. Don't trust there will be no storm. Rather trust that there's a storm and that you are doing it storm-proof. Are you hearing me? That's why you hearing me. That's why you have to take the boy through counseling. That's why you have to take, look, look at his background. Because expect that there will be problems. Hallelujah. You see, and the, the storm, see, one storm that is guaranteed, one storm that we all will experience, whether you like it or not, whether you are a man of faith or not faith, whether you are poor or you are rich, is the storm of death. Yeah. Most people don't want to think about it, but it's real. Yeah. So live your life with the possibility that, with the possibility that one day you will die. Preaching. You will not be here forever. Live your life always in death at the back of your mind. That one day will be your last day on earth. That is a storm that nobody can avoid. Oh yeah. Whether you, are, whether you, you have faith more than Pope John Paul or not, one day you will die. You cannot pray that way. So, you are wise. <laughs> you are wise if you live your life 
that there's a possibility of death. That is why if you are a husband, you are even wise when your wife knows your will and where your property is. You have hidden everything from her. One day you will die. They don't know where it is. <laughs> House is quiet. You have hidden everything from him. One day you will die. Nobody will know where it is. It will go back to the state. Church is quiet. Hallelujah. You see, 2 Samuel chapter 14, verse 14. 2 Samuel 14. What does it say? Are you reading the Bible with me? For we must needs die. Dying is necessary. It's not, it's not that you, you cannot. For we must needs die. You, you will not be here forever. It's a must. For we must needs die. And as, and, and as water spilled on the ground which cannot be gathered up again. You are like water. You are not like sand. When sand pours on the ground, you can gather it, but you are like water. Spilled on the ground. It cannot be gathered again. When you are spilled on the ground, you are spilled. You cannot be gathered. When you are dead, you are dead. And think about it. There are things in the Bible. You don't know. It's like, it's like water. Death is like water spilled on the ground. Next time you pour water on the ground, you try and gather it. Are you hearing me? Job 30, 23. Job chapter 30, verse 23. Quickly, brother. Job 30, Job 30, Job 30, 23. Job chapter 30, verse 23. Quickly. Today I have to, I have to show you some scriptures. Can't find Job? Okay. Alright, I'll read, I'll read to you. Job 30, the book of Job, J-O-B. Or Job. <laughs> look, look, look here, look here. For I know that thou will bring me to death and to the house appointed for all living. You have not seen the scripture. It is appointed for what? Once you are alive, there's an appointment for you to die. That's why Hebrews say it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that judgment. Hallelujah. So you are wise. I'm talking. About, you see, now we are talking about the wise and the fool. You are wise if you live your life that one day you will die. Hallelujah. Yeah. And 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 God in His mercy and His grace did not show you that day, because if you know the day you die, it will not be easy for you. So it is in God's mercy that we don't know when we will die. Look, if you know that you die tomorrow, do you know how you feel today? <laughs> yeah, if you know you die tomorrow. Or if you know you die next week, do you know how you feel today? So it is in God's own mercy that he has not shown us that date. But it is wisdom to live that one day you will die. That is why, that is why you are wise when you think like a dead man. You put your house in order. You behave like somebody who will die. You save like somebody who will die. You live your body. You do those things. Hallelujah. 
you, li- you, you live your life like somebody who one day will die and stand before your maker. It's an appointment nobody can avoid. A story is told about a guy. A story is told about a certain rich man in New York City. Very wealthy guy who had a servant who was from Jersey. The guy was rich, lived in New York. His servant was from Jersey. And the servant was a very good guy. He worked for the guy. He was very precious. So one day the rich man sent the guy, the servant, to uh, Grand Central to go and get him some tickets. Then when the servant got to Grand Central, he met Death, Mr. Death. And Mr. Death looked at him sternly. So the servant was terrified that Death is staring at him. He said, what? He went in the morning and Death was looking at him. He met Death at Grand Central. And Death was looking at him. What? He was so afraid. Mr. Death is staring at you. So he came back home. When he came, he saw his boss and said, boss, Today, when I went to Grand Central, I saw death looking at me. And the way he's staring at me, I am too scared. I cannot live in New York anymore. I am packing my things. I'm going back to Jersey. Because if I live in New York, I will die. The way death was looking at me, I can't, look in, I can't live any longer in New York. So he packed, and the boss said, are you sure, Solo? And the boss has not seen him terrified like that before. So, okay, even though you are a good servant, I mean, I think if death is staring at you in New York, Go back to Jersey. So, he, so that morning, afternoon, he packed it and went back to Jersey. So the boss, got, the boss left the house, went to Grand Central to go and see Death. So when he got there, he saw Mr. Death. He said, hey! But the boss, was, the boss was bold. He said, hey! You saw my servant and you scared him? Eh? You, no, you made him so afraid he has left the house? Why did you, why did you threaten my servant? Then Mr. Death said, oh, really? When I saw him at Grand Central, I was surprised to see him there. Because I have an appointment with him at Jesse tonight. (laughs) Yes! I had an appointment with him at Jesse tonight. So I was surprised to see him in New York, in Grand Central. It is, a, it is an appointment that nobody can avoid. <laughs> you can't escape it. No matter how much you try, you can't escape it. So live your life in such a way that when that appointment happens, when that storm hits, You'll be ready. That is why the final storm that you and I will face is not even death. It's judgment. Judgment. It's not even death. Death is a transition. For me, all, all of us must be able to say like Paul, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But judgment! Hallelujah! One day, when the trumpet sounds, 
Where will you stand? Amen. Hebrews 9.27. Hebrews 9.27. Hebrews. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this judgment, the final storm of our life is judgment. And all of us will stand before God one day in judgment. What will be the account? Can you look, look back like Paul and said, I've run a good race. I've fought a good life fight. Now there is a crown in front of me. Or can you look back and regret and say that I don't want to go back. I wish I could have done this. Christians, I'm talking to Christians now. Saints, let us live our life that one day when we stand before the master, he will look at us and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Stand up to your feet and let's close. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ancient words ever true changing me and changing me. We have come well open hearts so let the ancient words be holy words. Yes, Lord. When we stand before him that day, that is the final storm of life. One day we'll stand before our maker, you and I. Can you look at us and say, well done. It is for sure. Death comes to the good and the evil. The rich and the poor. It is appointed at once to die. One day you and I will stand before our maker. What will be our testimony? What will be our report? When we stand before the king of kings of God. Will he look at us and say well done? Or we will regret and want to go back? every eye closed and every head bowed. You just had a message between those who are wise and those who are foolish. And Jesus said, the wise built on a rock because there's a storm that comes to everyone. Nobody is exempt from the storm. And the final storm that we all experience there are two storms that are sure. Two storms. The storm of death, which nobody can escape. 
the storm of death which nobody can escape and the storm of death and, and the storm of judgment which no one can also escape. These two are sure. These are the final two storms of your life. Death and judgment. None of which any of us can avoid. That is why this morning I want to ask you this afternoon I want to ask you You want to bring the, your first and best to the, church, to the Lord? You want to bring your first and best to the Lord? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. With open hearts, Lord. With open hearts. ancient words, Lord. We hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.